Everywhere we go lately, women and men can't stop talking about America Ferreira's monologue at the end of the Barbie movie, which exquisitely captures the many contradictions that women are subject to on a daily basis. Today, we share our own thoughts and feelings about the binds we face as women and how discussing these honestly can improve our mental health and wellness. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Hey, girl. Hey. We got to talk about what everyone's talking about right now. What's everybody talking about? Everyone's talking about the Barbie movie. Oh, my God, they are. Did you see the Barbie movie? So I did. You did? I did. Oh, I'm excited. I didn't get to yet. And I think I'm going to. What'd you think? Um, what did I think? I mean, honestly, I just thought it was stupid. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, when you have a plot for something, how it yeah. slowly builds up and then there's something and then it like it was just a flat line for me. I get it. Like, it was just kind of boring. Yeah. And, and, and dumb. Like, <laughs> it was just dumb. <laughs> it's not. This is not an advertisement for the Barbie movie. I mean, go see it. It's like entertaining. It's just not, you're not going to leave and be like, oh my God, that was so good. Or at least I didn't. Right. You know, my daughter, my daughter and I went and she was like, that's kind of dumb. I'm like, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Yeah, I get that. And that's what I would expect. And I think that's part of why I've been so surprised that it's done over a billion dollars in revenue. And that everyone is talking about this movie. Now, they did a really good job marketing it up front. Like, I was seeing stuff about a Barbie movie way before it was released and before I even knew that it existed. It's because they made it an experience. Yeah. It's not just a movie, right? So if you look at, you know, how many groups get all dressed up, like, go and do this whole thing. So, I mean, well played, marketing folks. Like, you made it an experience experience to go engage in, which is why I truly think it's doing as well. If it was just, you know, a movie that's out there right now, like, you know, Oppenheimer or something. Yeah. It wouldn't generate as much. It's the experience of, you know, doing the thing. It's true. It's a cultural phenomenon. So I guess that's part of why I was so surprised that people are talking about the movie in the way that they're talking about it. And to be fair, they're only really talking about this one part. It's this monologue at the end of the movie that America Ferreira does about being a woman. And it's pretty intense. Like it's it's the only good part of the movie, in my opinion, because it did. I mean, when when I was in the movie and she said all that, I was like, damn, okay, that was that was spot on and well played. I was also like, where was that writer throughout the entire movie? Because it is (laughs) phenomenal, that piece of it. Right. But I also wonder if people would be talking about it if that piece wasn't in it. Probably not. Right. It would be a fun thing that they went to do. Girls night out. Right, right. But that's not what's happening now. People are talking about this in a very like intense way. And I'm hearing these stories about people cheering or crying in the theater. And I feel like for a movie that is admittedly like a pretty silly concept to elicit that kind of response in the theater, they they caught something. 
They mm-hmm. captured something that needed to be said. And that's why we got to talk about this thing that everyone's talking about. Because if it needs to be talked about, we shall talk about it. We shall. Honestly. Honestly. On Honest Women, which is what you're listening to right now. So why don't we, because there are plenty of people who haven't seen it, even though it's mm-hmm. done a billion dollars of revenue. I, I actually haven't. Just wait till it's out. Are you sure? I, I kind of feel like I'm missing out now. It's kind of like the Taylor Swift thing. Oh. You know how everyone, like, everyone's gone to that. It feels like everyone yeah. has, a, though not everyone has because it was a lot of money and there were only so many tickets and I didn't get any, but now I feel like I missed out on like a cultural moment. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. So ya. now I feel like I have to go see the Barbie movie, even though like nothing about the movie would make me want to go see the movie. Okay. Go see it and then tell me if it, what you think. Okay. I will. I'm going to. Okay. Maybe I already know the best part. We'll start with the best part of the movie. We will read this monologue now. Are we doing like a dramatic reading? Dun, dun, dun. Okay. We'll do a sort of dramatic reading. We'll do a reading and then we'll discuss. Let's do it. Maybe we'll save you from seeing the Barbie movie. Like maybe if you haven't seen it, you don't need to see it if you hear this. So this is the best part. All right. You start it. You go. It is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. Oof. It's good. It is good. I know. It really is. It is good. Because it's so damn true. Yeah. Is that, are you getting a little emotional over there? I did in the theater. Did you? I got really big goosebumps. And then I was kind of looking at my daughter like, were you listening to that? And I think she was like, how many gummy bears do I have left? (laughs) (laughs) Which to be fair, I probably already ate. But, you know. Right. Yeah. But it's so true. It's so true and it's so powerful because these are things that I think we experience on a daily basis, but we can't call out. And what this does is it highlights the myriad double binds that women in America are subject to every day. A double bind, I should start there. 
is a psychological predicament in which a person receives from a single source conflicting messages that allow no appropriate response to be made. Interestingly enough, double binds are often used as a form of control without coercion. So it's like, because you can't win, like you can't do this and that, you can't do anything. And I'm not saying like, you know, it said in the monologue, the system is rigged. I'm not saying that the system is rigged. And yet, all of these conflicting messages that we receive about what it is to be a woman or how to be a good woman mean that we a lot of times feel bad or we become disempowered or we're stuck. Mm -hmm. And so whether there is a system, right, whether there's some sort of like intent involved, the result is the same. Mm -hmm. That is really hard to know how to succeed at being a woman because you're told you've got to do this and this, but you can't. You can't do this or this. Right. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? Right. You're screwed. Mm -hmm. You're screwed either way. That's where the system is rigged because if you can't do this and you can't do that, but you're supposed to do this and that, (laughs) I mean, it's just you're playing a game you can't win. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that this is resonating with women because it brings to light so much of what we experience that's unsaid because we're getting these messages generally from our culture. Mm -hmm. And it highlights that like that sense that I carry around a lot that I'm failing or that I'm wrong or that everything is my fault or this overwhelming sense of guilt that I have, it's it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a moment of recognition. And I think that we can join this conversation by exploring some of the binds that women most often find themselves in. And our hope is that in talking through some of these binds, we can move from there's this whole set of rules that surround me and keep me stuck to, I don't know, just the awareness that takes off that extra level of shame that so many of us experience so often. Oh, yeah. It's universal. It really is. So one of these areas where we have a bind is in motherhood versus career. This one I actually connect with so profoundly. There's such a strong response to that motherhood versus career because that one I will personally say, and with women inside of my office that I see all the time, like you can't get it right. Mm -mm. If you're leaning too much on your career or you really love what you do and you have really big goals, well, then you're failing your kids. It's not even about balance or about doing more. It's that if you're succeeding over here, there's a presumption that you're failing over here. So this monologue has spawned some additional creative content, right? Like women are stepping up to the bat and really capturing what this looks like for them. And one of those things was a video that we'll share on our Honest Women Instagram that said, it's sad you have to work and daycare is raising your child. Hmm. And then the next scene was, so you just gave up on your career because you're a mom? There's just literally no way for you to get it right. No. I love those two contradicting statements because it's truly what we hear. Mm-hmm. You know, so yesterday, my daughter was just, uh, she was being a tough little cookie with our child care provider. 
And I'll be honest, I find out, you know, how she was behaving. And my first thought is, well, it's because I'm not there, right? Mm -hmm. It's because I'm working and I'm, you know, doing this thing that I actually do love to do. Right. And it's because I'm not there. It's my fault. If I was home, if I was there, this wouldn't be happening. And it, Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you it's not something my husband is thinking. No. He's just like, no, she's just being a jerk and we need to tell her she can't do that. Right. I'm like, no, no, no. It's because I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And I will say that society will say that too. If you live in areas where there are a lot of stay-at-home moms, right? Right. Oh well, you know she works. Her mom works. Yeah. Her mom works. Poor thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And the systems like our children's schools, I think sometimes will highlight this bind a little bit. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we're supposed <laughs> to attend in the middle of the day. Oh yeah. Like why can't you come to the meeting at nine thirty in the morning? Right. Oh, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Or the mom's events that happen during the day. Like, well, if you're a mom, you have your daytime free. Well, I don't because that's when I'm at work, right? And it's like, oh, good for you doing what you love. Good for (laughs) you and pursuing your own passion, right? I like want to punch you through the screen. Right? Like I have such a visceral response to good for you. Like shut up. Right. Yeah. And I think we get that feedback. And then on the other side, when you don't have another career and you're momming with your kids full time, then there's a, I mean, I've had women say this, like I went to college and got a degree. I'm supposed to be something more than or other than this. Mm-hmm. And you go to a get together and it's like, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> or even like the boxes you have to check or write in mm-hmm. at, you know, a doctor's office or something where it says profession. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. have to leave that blank or, you know, write homemaker or something and give it to the doctor who's like, oh, That's nice. That's sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. You're home with your kids. Right. How lucky are you that you get to do that? Oh, yeah. How lucky are you, right? As if it's that simple. I know. It's never a simple choice. So that whole statement of it's sad you have to work and daycare is raising your child or vice versa. I don't make enough to pay for childcare, so I'm home because that's my only option. It's not always a choice. Right. And I think that sometimes it is a simple choice for us. Like, we know what we want to do, right? You and I are both admitted card-carrying members of the failed stay-at-home mother's club. Okay, like, we, we did it. We tried. It wasn't a fit. And I have no ambivalence about whether I have a career or whether my career is staying with my kids, right? Like zero questions. Wasn't good at that. Much better at this. This is a good fit. However, I still feel like I'm doing it wrong. Oh, big time. I have so much guilt. I still feel like a real mom, a real woman would want to be home with her kids. That mm-hmm. hits me hard because it's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. How could yeah. you not want to be home? They're only young once. You're not going to get this time back. Oh, <sighs> that like actually punches me in the gut because it, that messaging is so strong. Right. And I personally have a lot of guilt over not wanting to be home. Right. I really, really, really like what I do. That's not the job that I'm good at. That is a job that some people are good at. And there are plenty of people that are not good at the job that I do. And there are plenty of people like I'm not supposed to be a surgeon. 
And, you know, I'm also not supposed to be a preschool teacher. And the surgeon probably isn't supposed to be a stay-at-home mom. And the stay-at-home mom is probably not supposed like, we all have skills. But I will say, I can find the bind. I can see the bind in going, this is actually really straightforward for me. I know what I want to do as my profession. And I still feel like I'm doing it wrong. Mm. I am not a real mm-hmm. woman. I am a bad woman mm-hmm. because I go to work and I want to. I want to. And when I was home with my kids, I felt like I was a bad woman because I had gone to college and I had career aspirations and I should be making money. And, you know, a real woman, a real feminist woman, would be out there in the world doing something else. So it's a little bit of like the highest calling of a woman would be to be a mother and want to stay home with her kids. Also, your work is worthless. And what did you do today? (laughs) Right? Yeah. So many women who are staying home with their children feel undervalued. And to be honest, you are. Oh, 100%. So I'm a heartless monster who is at my work, or I'm a totally undervalued, non-contributing member of my family who's home raising my kids. Like This is a bind, and this bind is complete and total bullshit. Let's move on to the next one. We've talked about some of these appearance-related binds before. Yes. If you have not listened to our episode on our body insecurities during swimsuit season, that was, I don't know, June-ish of this year, Mm -hmm. go back. Look, I can have body insecurities all year round. So it's still applicable. Oh, 100%. But I think that this find was really well caught in this monologue and in this Instagram reel that I'm going to post. So one of the lines here from the monologue, you have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. (laughs) Oh, it's so spot on. Mm -hmm. God forbid you say that. You're supposed to look like that. But if you say that, you know, you can make other people feel bad. Right. You could also, you know, if you have a daughter, right, you could be creating body shame. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. But don't carry any extra weight. No, gosh, no. Because you will be judged. 100%. will judge the shit out of you. And we will moralize it. Even though we know now, I mean, this is a crazy idea. Different people's bodies are different. The problem is that now we're in a society that says that everyone needs to be, every woman needs to be skinny. But not too skinny. But not too skinny. And every woman has to be effortlessly skinny. Don't talk about it. Certainly don't want to be. Oh, and don't order like a salad with a dressing on the side because then you're going to be judged and people are going to assume that you're really calorie conscious Mm -hmm. and that is really frowned upon. Yeah. That bind is brutal. Brutal. How about this one? You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. (laughs) Oh, yes. You can wear something that you feel comfortable with, but it can't show too much skin because it could be tempting. And what would that look like? Mm -hmm. And are you flirting? Oh, dear God. But also don't be a prude and don't be frumpy. Like make a little effort, right? But also don't make too much effort and you have to be pretty. You have to be. But you just can't be too pretty. Because then nobody likes you if you're too pretty. Right. You might not have any friends. Well, because you're going to make them feel bad about themselves. So you can't be too pretty. Right. I think this one hits hard for those of us who grew up in the 90s-ish. Okay. I don't know if this was for anybody else, but these were the cultural factors at play for me. So 
there was a lot of like purity culture. If you were in the evangelical church, that was very, at least where I grew up, focused on like women being pure and not tempting men as if it's your job to like be in such a way that a man wouldn't think thought about you. Interesting. And also Britney Spears. I love me some Britney Spears. All right. Christina Aguilera, oh, right? 90s With Britney With the like Spears. leather pants. And so like as a teenage girl, I'm getting the messages that like your body is bad. Your body should be hidden. If you don't hide it, you're sinning. Also, where are your leather pants and your short <laughs> Catholic school girl shirt? And you should shimmy. But if you shimmy, you're a slut. But if you don't shimmy, you're a prude. Like I just feel like, again, there was just no winning. And when there's no winning, we know that we're in a bind. Yes. How about, this is from that Instagram reel. Oh, this one hurt. Like this reel made me feel kind of choked up. It was two scenes of a woman, a mom, you know, when she's kind of wearing like, I don't know, around the house clothes. And the caption was, she always looks like such a mess. And then the next scene, she's dressed up and going out. She's always so dressed up. She must neglect the kids. Wow. Got to sit with that one for a second because if you look like a hot mess, then it is, oh my gosh, is she taking care of her kids? Like, is everything okay? But then if you look too good, it's ugh, clearly she only cares about herself. Absolutely. I feel like it's very hard to be casually put together enough that you don't fall into the mess category and you're not too dressed up so that you're not being judged as a woman and as a mother. Oh, yeah. And the truth is, kind of no matter where you land, you probably are being judged or you're, quote, quote, getting it wrong mm -hmm. in some way. And that's another part of this appearance bind. The appearance one is a big one. And I don't know that that's going to go away because it hasn't, historically speaking. I mean, regardless mm -hmm. of the generation or the decade, what you're supposed right. to look like changes. Mm -hmm. But it always falls on women to look a certain way. And I think part of what makes us a bind now is that you're not supposed to want to. Mm, yes. Or you're not supposed to try. Do you mean from the standpoint of you're just supposed to be okay with who you are and what you look like, like accept yourself as is? I didn't mean it that way, but I think you're right that that's also a cultural message. We should all love our bodies exactly the way we are. Like everything is fine, no matter how you look or what your size or what your shape or whatever. But also you should look exactly like this. <laughs> and also you should not make any effort because that makes you vain. But also you should look this way. You should look this way. Again, it's that sense of like, I just woke up like this, you know, like, I just rolled out of bed and my body, which is somewhat Northern European and just loves a little extra, was like magically thin. And also like my hair was done really nice and also whatever, but I didn't try. I didn't try and I didn't want. No, 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 no. And I'm completely like um, unself-aware too. It's impossible. It is. It's impossible. And that's when you know you're in a bind. And that's the kind of situation that brings us so much distress. So let's get to the third one, which is self-care. <laughs> this is a really tough one. I don't know that it was specifically mentioned in the monologue, but I do know that it's mentioned all the time in my office. Oh, for sure. We get a ton of messages like, hey, mama, put on your oxygen mask first, like make space for you. You know, hey, you got to have a hobby too. You got to have some fun. <laughs> and then we get messages 
that are the exact opposite. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you're going out again? Who's watching your kids? Uh, their other parent who helped mm-hmm. bring them into the world. <laughs> right. Or even just as a general sense that being a mom means giving every piece of yourself at all times. Mm -hmm. So you should always be giving and always be providing and always be focused. You know, it's this hyper-intensive parenting does it too. Always be regulated, always be perfect, but also be present and also take care of you. You take care of you. You need a hobby. But also Mm -hmm. you shouldn't leave your kids, oh, and oh, you work and then you go work out or you go to a yoga class. Wow. So you're away Mm -hmm. from your kids quite a bit. Yeah. There's no way to get this balance right. And I think the cultural message that's stronger is the one that propels us to be totally, I don't want to say selfless. It's not even right. To work ourselves to the bone. Oh, for sure. To have no space in the world for ourselves. It starts from the time that we have babies until forever that we are somehow expected to do everything for everyone at all times, hold it all together, but also take care of you, but also it can't take away from anybody else. Yeah. And do that and feel okay doing it while also, well, don't you feel guilty for not being home? Or wow, you're going to go to dinner tonight. You're okay not being home to put your kids to bed? Oh. Oh, I could never do that. I mean, I just... I like have to be home. Every minute. And it's okay if you do. Totally. And also, we get the message that you got to get out. You got to have your own life. You got to keep your marriage alive. You got to go on dates. You got to take care of yourself. Take a bath, right? Stay fit. You should exercise. Find time for it all. But it's not possible to do those things. It's not possible to give everything away while also giving plenty to you. And the amount of distress that this causes in the women that I work with who have little kids at home, it's like I'm fucking feeling it everything all the time. Yeah, no matter what I do, I'm losing. Mm-hmm. It's I don't have time to work out, but I'm supposed to. I know it will be good for me, but I also don't know how to fit it in because I mm-hmm. have to do all of these things, but I know I should mm-hmm. be. Yeah. And then you're away and you're prioritizing yourself and it's like, oh man, well, who's doing the things that you should be doing? <laughs> oh, God. It's brutal. Well, it goes back to this whole notion of we should be able to do it all, mm-hmm. right? Like superwoman, you can have it all. No, mm-hmm. you can't. That was the worst messaging that women ever received is that you can do it all because you just, you can't do it all. You literally can't. Right. Especially in situations like this where these two things that we're presented with, like, These bars both have to be met. You have to be 100% in your career and 100% in parenting at the same time. You have to be 100% meeting these physical ideals and 100% not crossing any lines or making anyone uncomfortable or trying. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And you have to be 100% self-sacrificing while 100% well-resourced. You need to do both of these things. This is impossible. And we feel it on a daily basis. We feel the sense that I can't get it right. And what we want you to know from having this conversation is this isn't about your ability. This isn't about your capacity. There is no level up that needs to happen. There's a big old I call bullshit on that that needs to happen. 
I can't do this because this is impossible and can't be done. So to the women who are listening now and who are saying to themselves, okay, sure, yes, so now what? This is one of those things that we talk about on this show, not because it can be fixed. It can't. Not because the system is going to be changed around you. This is why a big part of what we do is discuss and not instruct. There isn't a way out of this, but there is a way out of feeling like there's something wrong with you. And that's through identifying and creating some awareness like, hey, no one's going to win this game. So maybe we can all stop feeling so bad about the fact that we cannot do the impossible. And maybe we can encourage one another, hey, yeah, that sounds impossible. No one can do that. And you don't need to. You've just finished an episode of the Honest Women Podcast. We are so honored that you would spend this time with us. We have so much more where this came from and don't want you to miss a minute. So please, right now, take a second to follow the show. While you're there, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It's the best way to help other women find our show so they can join the conversation. And if you have a friend who could use a little more honesty in her life, and who couldn't, send this episode directly to her. Actually, send this episode to anyone you want to. Everyone's welcome here. We'll be back next Wednesday speaking some truth and feeling some feels. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.